This is the Grind, Sell, and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me this week. This week, I sat down with Jermaine Cheatham, who went from broken home to seven-figure entrepreneur traveling the world. Jermaine's in a really interesting space. He's in the financing space of different types of medical device equipment. So we talked about how his company is solving problems for small business owners. For those of you that are interested, you may even have the chance to partner with Jermaine and get to that five, six, seven figure mark and join him in what his company is doing. So in this conversation, we talk about how he took a simple idea, saw a simple need, blew it up into a seven figure company. We talked about all the places he's traveled this year, uh, what he's doing, what's on the forefront, where he's going and how he manages his work-life balance. So it was a really Great conversation I had with Jermaine. I hope you enjoy it like I did. And if you guys haven't, please subscribe to the podcast. It would mean everything to me. If you could, drop me a five-star review. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think, any value, any takeaways, anybody you'd want to have on. And please share with four or five people. That's the way the podcast continues to grow organically is by you sharing with your friends, family, colleagues. Um, I really would appreciate it. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Jermaine. Jermaine Cheatham, I'm so happy to have you on Grindstone Elevate. How are you from Malaysia? I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, connecting and good talking to you. Yeah, likewise. So now you're a minimalist entrepreneur uh, who kind of had a similar background to me. We were in the sales game for a long time and jumped out and got into the financing game of uh, financing commercial equipment. So I'd love to hear, and I'm sure everybody else listening would love to hear a bit about your background and kind of what prompted you to jump out. And now, you know, what are you doing in Malaysia? Um, yeah, man. So I'm definitely not out of the sales game. I don't, there's no such thing as getting out of the sales game as far as I'm concerned. Um, True. everything, True. everything in life is sales. So it's impossible to get away from it. So, um, the thing, what I do is it has nothing to do with finance. Uh, it's 99% sales talking to people. And mm-hmm. I don't believe sales is like some shtick or some canned response. It's just a conversation. Here's what I have. Are you interested? That's it. Yes, no, maybe so, whatever. We'll go from there. So um, the reason why I got in sales is I always thought I was a bad communicator. I never thought people understood me. I never thought I was accepted. I never fit in. And so I figured, shit, if, if, if I'm going to challenge this idea that I have about myself, what's the best method to do that? Let's go door-to-door sales. <laughs> and I learned real, real quick, <laughs> you know, I learned real quick that, I'm actually a pretty good communicator and actually mm-hmm. people do accept me and actually people are pretty cool. 99% of them are cool. There's going to be the one asshole every once in a while, but most people yep. are cool. They'll, some will buy, some won't. So I like, man, so I was wrong about all that. You know, what else am I wrong about in my life? And so sales for me is always like a boot camp to peel back the onion of what's the truth about myself, about the world, about people. Um, it's like, if I can do that, I can do anything. So then I went from, you know, door-to-door sales. I started in a business where I was doing like 300 cold calls a day. And again, you know, you cut your teeth because you're getting a whole yeah. lot of no's. And so you're learning like rejection, how to handle rejection and realize they're not rejecting me. They're just rejecting the idea that I'm presenting. It has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And so it just gave me a lot of clarity on if I really want to be the captain of my own ship and control my destiny and have my own freedom, 
of who, what, where, what I want to do, what I want to build, how much money I want to make. It has to be in sales, but I have to just disattach these crazy ideas I have about um, what it means to when someone says yes or when someone says no. Um, so that's kind of a long-winded way of how I got to where I'm at. And I never thought I'd be in sales. I never, I'm kind of like the accidental sales guy. Um, I always <laughs> thought I would be like in a, I always thought I'd be in a cubicle somewhere crunching numbers or something, but yeah, I, I I'm really a, a people person at heart and I'm just very curious about people because they're very interesting. Well, that's probably why you're a great salesperson. I think, you know, the curiosity goes a long ways. And I think that you, you're the first person I've talked to that has a great perspective on what it means uh, with rejection, right? Because that's why we see so much in sales. People have the call reluctancy. Uh, they're, they're scared to pick up the phone is because they take it all personal, right? But it's just like it's, it's, it's only you just haven't done a great enough job conveying your idea. Um, is really what they're rejecting. That just takes time, as you know, to build rapport and whatnot. So talk to us a little bit about what you're currently doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. I love to travel. I don't get to travel like you do. Uh, maybe I need to restructure my life. Uh, you have. Uh, so I love to, love to find out a bit more how you got to where you're at right now. So the funny thing about the, I want to touch on what you said about call reluct, being call reluctant. Because to me, call reluctancy is not having conviction on what you're selling. So mm. I don't, I've had call reluctancy and the reason why I do, because I always feel like I'm bothering somebody. They're going to say no. They're not going to like me. I'm going to get rejected. My mindset was that instead of when I flip it and say, I have something of actual value. Like if they decide to say yes to me, I'm going to give them the best thing that they can find out there. I'm going to service them better than anybody else. They're going to get so much from me that they can't get from somebody else that if they say no, shit, that's a loss. You come from that mindset because you're confident in what you're selling them and what you're offering them to better their life. There's no such thing as call, uh, being called reluctant. So, um, so to answer your question about, I guess, what I do, we kind of, we solve a, a big problem in, within my niche because, you know, a lot of medical practices just don't have the money to give the best care possible to their patients because they can't afford the best equipment. And so what we do is give those medical practices access to equipment financing, and uh, loans so they can buy the best equipment so they can treat their patients and also obviously increase their profits. So my niche within the financing space is the medical side. And I really team up with the medical uh, distributors and suppliers, people that sell medical equipment. And I have them introduce me to their buyers so I can offer my financing services to their customers. So it's a one-to-many sales technique where I'm not calling individual doctors. I'm just talking to one sales rep and he talks to hundreds of doctors. So it makes my life a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But I think that that's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just speculating, but that would seem though too, that you're serving a larger purpose with the financing. Is, Is that one of your goals or something that really helps to drive you? Well, a couple of things drive me on, on that front. One is, I know my, the sales reps I work with, I know I'm going to make their life a lot better because I know what I'm doing. There's, there's, you know, every industry is always bozos that you deal with people and it's like, why why don't they know what they're doing? Like accountants or, I mean, it could be anybody like they don't know what they're doing. So I know if they work with me, they're like, damn, Jermaine's on a shit. Like he knows what he's doing. He's taking care of these people. He knows how to talk to them. He knows how to present things. He knows what, what to say, when not to say that. He understands how to interact with people. So that's one part of it. So I know I'm going to give them the best uh, possible product. 
And then also I'm going to wow them on the back end where I'm going to give them things they're not expecting, whether it's, you know, cool gifts or experiences or go to happy hour. I mean, this is obviously pre COVID um, or sure. I'll cut them, cut them like referral fees and checks that they, maybe they're expecting 200 bucks and all of a sudden I'm sending them 500 bucks. Like I just like to go above and beyond because I appreciate them for what they, them entrusting me with their livelihood, their family's livelihood and the opportunities that they give me. So um, that's kind of one, one segment of it. And the other segment of it is we help small businesses and banking in general wants to ignore small businesses. They want Agreed. the $50 million, $50 million deal. They don't want the $50,000 deal. So that's where I come in and I actually help get these deals to the banks because they're too lazy to look for it themselves. So I find the deals for them and I'm paid handsomely for it. And I help the small business get what they need so they can survive and grow and thrive. Yeah, I love that you touched on that. Is I work in a similar space uh, in, in medical insurance, and we catered to businesses anywhere from two employees to 500. But it's really interesting. Uh, our segment is really our niches in the 2 to 25 space. And it seems like um, a lot of people just ignore those businesses, but they're the, they're like, there's more of them than anyone else, right? And so it like, always like blows my mind. I'm like, you're missing out on so much opportunity. And they're so thankful when you go out to try to help them and, and ser really serve them, um, it, it's really rewarding. So it's interesting that you kind of, you brought that up. And I also want to touch on another part. I think it's a really key component that you were talking about rewarding the people that you work with. I think a lot of people are missed that they don't reward their clients, you know, doing the extra going above and beyond how much loyalty that, that really probably brings to you. Yeah, because it's like, without them, there's no me. I don't get to live this life. So it's like, how could I just disregard them and almost be like, oh yeah, well I got, I did that for them. Like I was able to get that deal funded for them. So that's, that should be enough. I mean, to me, it's like, no, I'm going to send you a coffee for closers, gift card to Starbucks for 50 bucks. I'm going to send you tickets to the Cubs game. I'm going to send you All like, right. I, I know about your life and I'm going to surprise you where you're like, oh shit. Um, like he's actually thoughtful. He's thoughtful about his approach. Like he, this isn't just a job for him. This is like how he conducts his life. Yeah. Now, I really love that. I think there's a lot of people, because whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in sales, I learned early in the sales game that, you know, doing a Starbucks gift card and asking for referrals was something that went a long way that helped to, my business to just, just drive in without me having to do a lot of the cold calling, right? It, it made it, it, made it uh, that much easier. Um, now, I do want to talk to you a little bit because I think it's awesome. Now, you started your business. Obviously, you've been very successful with it. Now, what made you, because uh, I saw that you're from Scottsdale? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I was there last year, say, at the Phoenician. I, I love that place. Yeah, um, great golf course. Yeah, no, it was be beautiful. My wife's been bugging me to go to Sedona, so hopefully we get back there after this, this, this COVID mess. Uh, but, yeah, beautiful place being from Arizona. Um, what made you want to just kind of leave your home base and, you know, work from uh, all over the world? Well, it was kind of luck. Um, after I started my business, I, you know, I was just tired of the nine to five. I was tired of working for somebody else. I was exchanging my time for money. It was like, I'm going to die. What, what, what am I doing? This is stupid. So when I started my own business, I started to realize the freedoms that I afforded me. And I started taking more trips. I took my mom to Europe for her 60th birthday. This is the first, like three months after I started my business. I was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to try it. Um, yeah. And so and so I started realizing I extended my trip like another three weeks over there. So I went all throughout Europe for about six weeks and I realized I can do this anywhere. I don't need to be in Scottsdale. I don't need to be in the States. I can I have a laptop and I have a cell phone. I'm good to go. 
So I went back and every summer I would leave um, to get out of the Arizona heat. I'd go to San Diego for the summer. And then <laughs> yeah. there, was a, a, there was a year I was in Mexico and there's a year I was like traveling all over the East coast and New Orleans and the Caribbean and stuff. So, um, and so I realized I don't need to keep going back. And so this year was the first year I was like, I'm just going to travel all year and see what's up. And then January hit and then February and March. And then all of a sudden the kind of the rest is history. Uh, so I've been, I've been, I, I was in Hong Kong in January. Then I was in Thailand in February and March. And I've been here since March, April. Um, and I was like, I, you know, maybe I'll go back home. And um, but everyone was calling me. You got to come back home. You got to come back home. You're not going to be able to get back to the states. And I know Americans. Yeah. I was, I was, I was like, man, you guys are going to lose your shit when you can't go yeah. to Starbucks. Like, you know, in Asia, people are used to wearing people are used to wearing masks. They've been doing this for years. Sure. So, and they're orderly and they 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 don't butt the system. We're not. They're not individuals. They're more about the community. So it's a different mindset, different culture. So I knew that. I was like, I don't want to be in the states when this shit hits the fan because it's going. They're going to be losing it. So. Uh, so I guess it just happened by, I know. So I guess it just kind of happened by luck. Like it was just kind of, um, I, I just kind of let life guide me and this is this mm -hmm. now I'm here. So it's kind of like, I don't, maybe I'll be back next year sometime. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I love that approach. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that my wife would, uh, be okay with it, but that's kind of like, I, you know, I think that we'll hopefully we'll get there once our, our kids are a little bit older. I just love that the freedom aspect of what you're doing. I think there's a lot to be said about that because getting to experience with other cultures, I'm sure like you're just kind of talking about is uh, probably for, especially most people in Western cultures would be pretty eye opening to, you know, the different type of family orientation and community orientation. Cause a lot of it here is about me get mine. And, and that's kind of, you know, grind for me as opposed to how can we contribute as a whole? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned since being abroad is I've learned more about myself and about people and about culture and ideas and the truth. Um, I think when we're siloed in these labels of American, of Republican, Democrat, what, whatever, white, black, whatever it is, um, Chinese, American, those are just stupid labels because you're used to being mm -hmm. in that environment around those same people. But when you start moving around and start operating in different circles, you start to realize oh shit, everything is the same. Everybody's the same. We're all looking for the same thing, which is peace. Like peace right. and the freedom to move and to be and to think and to be like open to receiving life and giving life. And so it's not like, um, it's, but you have, to, you have to get out of the storm or to see it. Like you can't see it when you're in the storm, but when you get right. out, you're like, basically, you're basically like, oh shit, there's a storm over there, but you're not <laughs> like getting torn around. So like I, I see yeah. so clearly now, like who I used to be and who I was, it was like, oh yeah, I was just caught up in the storm. I didn't see clearly. So that's like the number one thing for travel for me is like, makes me see the truth clear. I think we lost you for a second. You're back, I think. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it is right now. It's a complete fucking shit storm here. You know, with, with the political ideologies, I don't get caught up in the right-left paradigm. I think it's all bullshit, to be honest with you. And I don't talk a lot of politics on the podcast, but it's just kind of like, come on, man. Like, we could be bigger than this. We all have we have way more in common than we do apart, and I think people kind of miss that, you know. Um, so I'm right there with you. I do want to ask you a little bit about um, your inner circle, right? Because I think that also it seems like to me, you know, doing a little bit of research on you, now you're kind of your mission is also to, to serve and to give 
and have people kind of experience some of the type of lifestyle that you, that you, well, or maybe have them dictate their own, but kind of be able to serve and give to others the way that you've been able to do for yourself. Yeah. Um, to get back what you're saying, like, I don't believe in like, like these labels, black, white, American, Republican, Democrat, like there's, to me, there's only two types of people I see in the world and I see creators and I see victims. And so you get to decide, you know, what you want to be. Do you want to create your future or do you want to be a victim of your past? And so um, the kind of circle I'm building about this idea is I have all these freedoms and all this, you know, I have all the money I could ever want. I have all the free time I could ever want. Like there's no reason why other people in the States should be going to shitty jobs I don't care if it's a sales job or an office job or whatever it is, there's too much opportunity for us not to be taken advantage of this. So we've taken over the last year to put together a, a course that teaches people exactly what I do for, for a business to model and to hopefully impl implement and so they can live this type of lifestyle. And so um, as far as my circle, um, that's what we're trying to build uh, like a, like a tribe, if you will, of people that are like-minded, that want to grow, that want to be creators of their future and um, live life on their terms. So that's what we're kind of putting together right now. But um, it's interesting when you talk about like, who, who's your realm of influence. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was kind of raised in like the library, if you will. I used to go there every day after school, um, waiting for my mom to pick me up. And so like, I, I would, I was always like, fascinated by all these stories and all these ideas that people wrote down just to share with other people. So um, that's kind of like my major realm of influences, books or podcasts, or just ideas that I can kind of ponder and think, huh, how can I like apply that to my life and how can I make my life better? Yeah, I love that. That's actually one of the questions I had down. So I'm just going to ask you is, uh, you know, to, to do what you're doing, you have to be an inspired individual. So, uh, you know, who are some of your biggest influences or maybe someone that really inspired you that you look up to or do you have any mentors? Um, the, I get this question sometimes and it's kind of interesting because I don't have anything in particular. Uh, I think People in general in, inspire me um, for the simple fact that when they just go and create something, like when you go and create something because you decided to do it, that's inspiring to me. I don't care if you're a baker or you're a Wall Street uh, tycoon or you're Bill Gates or you're whatever, you're washing cars. Like when I see people that are inspired about what they're doing and they're doing it to the best of their ability, that inspires me because I know like they're fulfilling what they're supposed to be doing here. Like, cause they're alive, they're, they're like vibrant. And so um, people like that in general inspire me. Um, nature inspires me a lot too. Like when I see um, nature just being nature, like doing its thing. Um, there's something about the intuitive nature of people and things and life. It, it inspires me cause I'm like, oh, that's the way to go. Not the other way. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say anything in, in particular. Um, I guess music inspires me quite a bit because it's like, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful way to to tie like a narrative to like sound and like, it just, it kind of takes you over. So it's kind of a weird answer, but that's all I got for you. <laughs> no, I like it. I really like going back to the nature piece. Um, something I've never shared before, but my favorite book is called Ishmael. It's by Daniel Quinn. I read when I was in high school and the whole premise of the book is about how we went from a hunter gatherer society to the agricultural revolution. And I think that one of the things that, um, especially when you travel, you get to see, and I'm not as well traveled as you, but one of the things I can imagine that you see, we kind of already touched on, is that humans, for whatever reason, have decided not to live within the ecosystem of the world. 
And I think going back to nature, you kind of put yourself back into where we really belong. And the whole premise of that book is basically, you know, for, you know, 3 million years, people lived with the world. Like we are part of the world community. In the last 10,000 years, we've basically said, fuck you. We're going to use you for our discretion because we're smarter than every, every other creature on, on, on the earth. And uh, when we get back to those roots, you know, even doing things like grounding, going out and just putting your feet in the dirt or in the sand, right? It really helps to uh, de-escalate your stress and is really good for you. So I really think that's something that's important to do, to always get back to nature. It's one of my favorite things to do when I'm stressed out and just go for a walk. Yeah, to me, it's the most important thing to do because we we are nature. Like, we, I don't know why we got this idea that we're separate from nature. Like, we're made out of stardust. Like, we are part, right. part of everything. The carbon, carbon is made of everything. We're made of carbon. So it's like, who do we think we are? Um, and like, just taking a walk, like, you get so much clarity when you put down the phone, you put down the headphones, and you just take a walk, and you just think about, like, who do I want to be? What do I want to create? And where do I want to go? What are, but if you don't ever take the time, if you're always distracted by all this technology and all this shit, you're never going to have any clarity about who you want to be and what you want to create. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now, speak kind of going on clarity, if you were someone who was listening to this and you're in sales, you're like, you yeah, know, I want to live that, you know, minimalist entrepreneur lifestyle, I want to travel. What were there any action steps you would recommend to people to sit down and kind of get that clarity? Well, um, I think people, the number, one of the number one things I would do is create some space. Uh, there's too much going on in day-to-day -day life now where there's no space to reflect on like, what do I want to do? So what I do is might be too extreme for some people, but you can start with, you know, many steps is every Sunday I have a detox. Day. I don't have any devices. I don't listen to any music. I don't have, I don't even read books. I don't do nothing except for I have a pen and paper and I just go on walks in nature. I go down to the beach down here. Um, and I just think about stuff and, and I always have this model, the good shit sticks. So I'm never like super, like, I need to remember this. I need to remember this. If it's good, I'll remember it. And Sunday is when I think about my week, all the shit I've digested. I decide like, mm -hmm. what was the good shit from that week? And what I want to write about What do I want to think about? Do I want to do something about that? Like long-term, do I want to act on that? Do I want to call that person? Do I want to send that email? Do I not? Do I want to build the business, whatever. And I get way more clarity about like what's important to me by having a whole day of doing nothing but like thinking about who do I want to be and where am I now and where do I want to go? Um, and, and also part of it also is like, like looking at my, my thoughts, but have a little bit of separation from them. Because sometimes you'll get down a train of thought and like it'll be an hour later and you're still thinking about it versus like, yeah. oh, I'm nervous about X, Y, and Z and like kind of having space between it and be like, oh yeah, I'm just nervous because Jermaine gets nervous. Like right. there's no, like, it's not one and the same. There's some separation. So I think it's important to have separation from distractions and your own thoughts to have a little bit more clarity about, uh, I want to do this. And this is like speaking to me from my, like my heart. So I think that's number one. I mean, it could be, you don't have to be a whole day. It could be an hour. It could be, you know, whatever you can start baby steps. Obviously I would suggest, cause it's hard to, to start uh, diving in the deep end. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. All right. I mean, that would kind of just remind me, though. It's almost, uh, it seems like a meditative practice for you, uh, but about a whole day of that. Are you someone who meditates and, and spends time, you know, daily like that? Yeah, I do. I'm not super dogmatic about it. Like, if it's, uh, you know, maybe a minute, I, a minute's good enough for me. Some days I'll do 10, 20 minutes. Some days my meditation will be playing golf or lifting mm -hmm. weights 
or just walking on the beach or listening to the music can be like a meditation to me. Anytime I'm really like locked in and like in the moment, that's a meditation. Like right now, this is a meditation for me because like I'm engaged with you like fully. So it's like, um, it doesn't have to be so dogmatic and like, I don't know, I'm not really siloed like that. I kind of like life is kind of my message and business sure. or pleasure. It's like all kind of the same thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great message. A lot of people don't uh, look at it that way. It's, I think it's a really enlightened way of looking at it. You know, I think taking a walk, we said reading a book can be very meditative. You know, it's just, I think it's based way to look at it is being conscious of your thoughts and being present in the moment. And you can really tune that to anything. So I think it's a beautiful way of looking at it. Uh, one of the things I do want to ask you, because I would be remiss if I didn't, I'm sure you've gotten this question a few times, but being an entrepreneur um, and also having been in sales, you know, what are some of the things that help you kind of walk through your fear? Because I'm sure at some point, or maybe it wasn't for you, but, you know, it seems like a lot of entrepreneurs, especially for someone that had a steady grind, I'm sure you had a great income, you know, because um, I know I know that game a little bit, the medical device game, and, you know, you can make a lot of money there. Um, and then having to leave that, jump out onto your own, I'm sure there was a little bit of fear there or maybe some anxiety. How did you overcome that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fear. I mean, there's a lot of fear every day. Um, I'm always <laughs> fearful. Like I'm always fearful of shit, like all the time, but I realized that, oh, I am fearful of it. Like I don't push it away. And I actually realized, oh, Jermaine's nervous about X, Y, and Z. So I, I'm able to get a little separation from it. And then I actually follow whatever that is. So I have a kind of a model, like I follow my fear. So if I have a fear of doing something, that's life telling me I should go that direction. Maybe I'm afraid to make the call, then I should make the call. Like whatever I fear I should do. And that's what I've always been my model when it comes to sales, cold calling, um, starting the business, like, man, I'm going to leave this 150 grand on the table or whatever it is to go start something that I have no guarantee. But what if I could make 500, 600, 700, $800,000 and then have all the time in the world? Why? Like it's short, it's short sighted thinking. So it's like, mm. I just trust my gut to follow my fear and know that the fruits of that whenever the fruits present themselves will be better than wherever I am now. Um, so I just follow my fear really. And, and it's just like, I just have to get over myself over this weird scaredness of like, there's nothing, fuck, nothing fucking matters. Nothing. Like if I fail, so what I'm going to die, who cares? Like I'm going right. to die. So like, why would I ever be scared of what people think? If I'm homeless, if I don't have a house, if I don't have a Rolex, if I don't have a girl, if I da, 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 who gives a fuck? Because at the end of the day, nothing matters. So it gives me the freedom to pursue the things that do matter. Yeah, no, that's man. You're killing it. Uh, I'm loving everything you're putting down. I think that's, you know, there's a lot of wisdom to that, that just lean in. And at the end of the day, like, I don't know a single person that's a, uh, not going to die or, or hasn't right so it's just like <laughs> what, what right? uh, might as well go for it because you only get one shot you don't, we're only here uh you know i heard a beautiful quote the other day from a, a guy i was talking to in australia um shout out to trav bell and uh he said you know uh people die at 40 but live till they're 80 yep right and that's just kind of i think too many people unfortunately do that um so what's kind of like your mission you know what's 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 propelling you to move forward now I guess it's, it's a great question. I think one of them is um, I have no option but to grow and to do things that scare me um, because I won't let fear like tackle me. So whatever that, wherever that leads me, I'm going to do it. I don't know what it looks like or what it's going to be, but I'm always going to like, whatever I feel I need to do to grow, I'm going to do that. 
whatever that might look like. Um, it's kind of like what you're saying, like who wants to tiptoe through life just to safely arrive at death? It's kind of like, right. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy in the rocking chair. That's like, oh man, I should have done this. I should have went on the podcast. I should have built the business. I should have went to Bali. I should have, I should have, should like, just fucking do it. And so um, I guess my mission is kind of like Nike, just do it. <laughs> like it's <laughs> simple. Like just, like just do whatever, like go do it. Like if your inner self is saying, man, I should go to the gym, fucking get up and go to the gym. You're going to feel better about yourself and you're going to have better cold calls. You're going to have better relationships. You're going to do, you're going to feel better and it's going to bleed into other aspects of your life. So I guess my mission is just like, um, just do that. And like whatever, wherever that leads me, it leads me. Um, I don't have like a grand, I don't believe in like legacy or like I need to have this amount of money or this kind of thing. Like, I don't know, I'm just here. I could, I could be killed today. I could die of a heart attack. I could, be, who knows? So I'm just going to live right now and talk to you and enjoy this and then let bygones be bygones. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Just like I said, it goes back to kind of living present in the moment. Um, you know, it, that's, it's, it's an interesting way of looking at it. I actually had a, I, I literally had it on here. Do you want to, do you have a legacy? So you answered that. So that's, <laughs> no, that's no, fun. no. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope are, actually, I hope I would love for people actually to never want a legacy. I want them, I would love for people to just live from their heart and wh whatever that leaves, it leaves because that's right. really where you chase the things that matter to you. You're not trying to chase this legacy. Yeah. I think it is important because the people want to do that uh, and they want people to remember them. And I always find that interesting. Is that, is that someone being selfish? Uh, is that, is that egotistical? Is it self-serving? Right? Like, what does that really mean? Like, I don't really give a shit if people remember me in 300 years. Like, I mean, this is, it's not really going to matter. You know, I want to leave a good impact on my children and stuff like that. And I want them to have a quality life and to be well-rounded, but I don't really give a shit if people, if I'm written in history books, to be honest. Um, maybe you can relate to that a little bit. So one of the other, uh, questions I did want to ask you is a little bit about your success habits, right? So I always find that people that are, you know, because now you've built a seven figure business, you know, you've done, you've done very well, but what are some of your habits that you, you think that you do on a daily basis or a ritual basis that kind of helped you get to where you are? Um, the biggest one has to be exercise because it's not mm -hmm. even for me personally, it's not even about my physical body. It's about my mental state of mind. It, it, it's me at the very beginning of the day, I'm doing something very hard that I don't want to do. And then I end up doing it. And then like everything else is just easier. Uh, the calls are easier. Talking to clients are easier. Building the business is easier because you're already flexed that muscle of, I did something I didn't really want to do. It was hard and I feel good about myself. So it's just like the, the number one domino that I push over every day. Um, and if I don't work out, I usually just don't feel great. Like, I mean, I, but it doesn't have to be like the normal, it could be anything. It could be for, a, I could go for a walk. I could play golf. I could just get outside and do something physical. Um, that's like my number one. Um, other than that is just um, like, I guess one of them is like, my self-talk is kind of like, quit being a bitch. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I'll, I'll be like, I don't want to do that. Or fuck, man, I got to do this or fuck. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, I catch myself like, quit being such a little bitch and go do it. Like, cause it'll be, it'll be take five minutes and it'll be over and then you'll feel good. Like I got that done. Like, um, so that's kind of one of my self-talk is like, quit complaining. Like you have this opportunity to call someone in New York city, you're in Malaysia 
through this cool technology and you're complaining about it? Like, what, what are yeah. you doing, dude? You got this opportunity in front of you and you're complaining about, oh, your Wi-Fi connection doesn't work. Like, dude, you didn't have to build this laptop. Like, I didn't have to, I didn't have to go bottle this water. I get to enjoy sparkling water. It's like, how, why would you complain about anything in life? Like, like you just get all the benefits. You didn't have to do no work. So I guess yeah. it's just kind of maybe my like self-talk I, I kind of helps me a lot just to realize, dude, you're lucky. So quit complaining. I love that. So, uh, so it's funny, two things that you were just talking about that I can relate to. So I don't know, you can see this, but it literally says, don't be a little bitch. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and the same thing because, and then this is right here. My, uh, if you heard of Andy Frisella, 75 hard. Yeah. So Andy, Andy Frisella, he, um, he's a founder of first form and he has this whole workout regimen. You do 75 days straight at two double day workouts and some other stuff. Cause I'm, I'm the same thing. I'm up every day at a quarter to five. I'm in the gym every morning. I'm a, I hate it uh, most days, but I just, you know, I feel like it's the thing that propels me to get uncomfortable because I think that your bed is a representation of your comfort zone, right? If you're able to get up every morning when you don't want to, it's just a complete metaphor for your life. Um, but I like that. The whole saying of don't be a little bitch is great because you hit to touch on something, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's just like this is the best time to ever be alive, ever. There's the other thing that's crazy that's happening right here in the States is like, shut the fuck up. Like, what are you all complaining about? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we had a hundred years ago, people were dying of childbirth, you know, every disease, you think COVID's bad. They died of everything, man. They died of everything. And it's just like, it's, un it's unbelievable uh, how pussified we've come as, as, a, as a fucking society. It, it drives me nuts. Um, so, like so I love that perspective. Yeah, it's almost like when you're staying in bed, it's almost like you're dead. Like, you want to stay dead all day? I don't. Like, when you get out of bed, it's like, yeah, like, I'm alive, I'm back. Like, let's go do this. Like, even if you hate the workout, you only hate the workout when you're thinking about doing it. But, like, once you get started, then you're like, fuck, I like this shit. Like, it feels good. Yeah. So it's almost like, it, it, like, to start your day that way, it's like, I woke up with purpose. I got out of bed or I could stay there like a dead body, which it kind of represents death. Like it's a cousin of death sort mm -hmm. of. So it's like, get your day started. It's almost like shitting on God or life to say, I don't feel like working out. I don't feel like doing this. It's like you, he, you were endowed with limbs and eyes and ears and can <laughs> smell and can right. sense. And you're just going to shit on God and say, no, thanks. When there's someone down the street in a wheelchair that would die to trade places with you, but you don't want to do a bench press or you don't want to run up the hill or you don't want to make a cold call. And some people don't have larynxes. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, no, uh, to <laughs> love it, man. I, I totally love it. So where do you, where do you see yourself in the next five years? You want to keep, you know, growing your tribe. Is that kind of now your focus? It seems like you've established your income, right? You're financially free. You can live wherever you want. You're obviously doing that. Yeah. I mean, my goal really is to get people um, to live this type of lifestyle because people that, you know, they're, they're successful by societal standards, but deep down, they're just kind of empty and unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. So the goal right now is to get them this blueprint so they can create their own, you know, five figure a month finance business to be in control of their money, but more importantly, their time. And so that's really kind of the goal of, you know, putting together this course and getting people to, to take action and to, you know, travel, move to Mexico or move to Canada or move to Bali or move wherever you want, Europe, I don't care. But to see life bigger, it's bigger than the United States. It's bigger than black and white. It's bigger than Democrats, Republican. It's bigger than COVID because there's other parts of the world, nobody gives a shit about COVID. So right. turn, off the turn off the TV, 
and go you, let your life be your movie. Like why watch someone else live their life on Instagram? Fuck that. Yeah, that's that's great, man. Create your life's resume, and you're 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 fucking you're killing it with that. Where's uh where's your favorite place you've traveled to? Just curious. Um, that's a tough one, man, because they all kind of have different. Um, as far as I guess, I love south of France. It's gorgeous. Like the beaches are beautiful. Um, the food's great. Wine's great. Um, I love Thailand. Gorgeous beaches. Um, awesome people. Um, I guess. It, between those two, I guess, are probably my favorite, south of France and, um, and Thailand. I mean, I do love Europe. I love Amsterdam. I love Brussels. Um, so I don't know. It's tough, man. I like everywhere. It's, it's just different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that makes total sense. Where's the, like a bucket list place that you, you haven't gone that you're, you're hoping to spend some time in? Um, I guess everywhere. I don't really – I don't – like bucket lists, I, I, I'm I, – like – it's, it's like, again, I'm putting like check marks on if I had a good life or I didn't have a good life. Shit, sure. this is a good life just talking to you. So it's like, I really don't have bucket lists. I guess um, I was supposed to go to Australia, but COVID kind of nixed that. But I, I really didn't give a fuck because it's like, I'll get there sooner or later. If, I mean, God willing, but like, um, there's nowhere really that is like, like pulling on my heartstring. I guess, I guess kind of Tokyo is a little bit. Um, I was supposed to go to Tokyo, but, um, but nothing really, nothing that, not big of a deal. I mean, I'm not, super dogmatic about it yeah uh, at tokyo's uh i am a little bit maybe because i haven't traveled as much as you but uh, tokyo is like high on the priority list for me if someone said hey man like where do you want to go tomorrow i'd probably be on my way to tokyo uh india really fascinates me too i really I love indian culture um so that, that would be a place too have you have you gotten to, i know you were kind of in that general area in asia have you gotten to dip in there at all no, so I was supposed to go to Tokyo on the way back to the states, but then COVID didn't work out. Um, India, it's funny. Here is a very interesting country because there's Chinese, there's Indi Indians, there's a, a lot of Muslims, there's um, mm -hmm. Malay people. It's like a very diverse culture. So it's almost like living here. You get it's almost like being in China, in India, and like somewhere in the Middle East, um, all together. So it's kind of a eclectic group of people but yeah um india would definitely be cool to check out you know dubai and all that good stuff so that's probably on the list at some point yeah, absolutely cool man well i got one more question for you and this is and this i'm excited to ask you this because you spent a lot of time in the library as a kid which i love i wish i would have done that more i watched my mom growing up reading so it's one of the habits i got into at a young age but maybe not as young as you on my own right but uh, any books that you gift a lot or you would recommend to people in entrepreneurship or you know motivation or personal development or just you know fucking love harry potter you know like what, anything, <laughs> that you, anything that you love um it's funny i don't know that many people that are kind of entrepreneurs um like within my family so um if i was going to gift an entrepreneur gift to anybody book wise it would be the one thing um by mm. gary keller because it's just the mm -hmm. focus, the simplicity, the minimalism of it. It's the most important thing you can ever do is focus on one thing and become a master. Then you have the right to move on. Um, for best business-wise, as far as personal, I gifted, let's see, last year I gifted two books. Um, I gifted um, Robert Greene's book, um, the, for, I don't know if it was something about human, the 40 laws of human nature or 48 laws of human nature. Um, very insightful, very interesting book just about how not only I operate, but how other people operate. And it actually gives me a lot of grace on people because I realize they're just operating from this um, like automatic response. They're not trying to be right. that way. 
It's just, it's just, that's how they were. That's what was ingrained in them when they were four or five years old and it's not mm -hmm. their fault. So that's a cool one. And then another one I gave was this book called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. And it's a book about uh, your thoughts and about being aware of, it's really deeper than your thoughts. It's, it's like, he's basically his point in one sentence is, this is all fucking bullshit. Everything is bullshit. Everything is a lie. That's all used to manipulate, to gain power. The truth is right here, right now. Like there's nothing, this, none of this matters. None of this is real. You decide what you want to make it real. Um, so yeah. it's like, it's like one of those, it's like one of those books that kind of, it makes you like, if you're having a stressful day, if you read like one chapter, like really short chapters, you're just like, you just take a, lot, a big deep breath, like, ah, oh, yeah, none of this matters. <laughs> yeah. So it's, no, I love that. I got to check that out. It's a, it's a good balance, especially when you're like a hard driving salesperson or in business or entrepreneur. And you're like, you're always thinking about profits and, and making it and getting it. But then you, if you can balance that somehow with like, if I don't get it, who gives a shit because it wasn't supposed to happen like if you can if you can hold those two thoughts in in the same mind and like pursue what you want but also let go of not getting it or getting it like sometimes you get something you really want that's it like that didn't make me happy like if you can kind of realize try your best but don't give a fuck about the results that's where the beauty is yeah yeah i think that that's a that's an excellent point and i think it's uh probably one of the hardest things for people in, in life and that's why probably why people chase power to me so much is because they're going after all the tangible things, right? Like we're so conditioned to experience life in the five senses that, that what we have, right? In this experience. And then once they get it, they're like, Oh, that wasn't very gratifying. So it's on to the next thing. I and mean, that's not very great, but it's on to the next thing. Right. And, and kind of to your point, it sounds like that book awareness. Uh, I, I, I want to say that I had that somewhere, but I've never read it. Um, it sounds really familiar. But it's kind of like society, it's all a construct of our imagination. Like it's all the thing. We literally just made it up. We just made yes. it up. And we placed value on everything. So it's irrelevant or irrelevant. A hundred years ago, 20 years ago, it was completely irrelevant. Today it's very relevant only because we decided that it was. It's kind of like money, right? Like money has no intangible meaning other than what we make it, um, which, which I love trying to always keep that, keep that here. To, like you're saying, keep me grounded you know yeah so for sure yeah man i uh, love this conversation uh jermaine uh, you're a very insightful guy got a ton of wisdom um man i hope i hope you and i stay connected uh where can everybody else connect with you so as far as social media i really don't do social media except for linkedin um so like find me on linkedin or check out you know what we got at creatorslearn.com which is basically um the website for the course so they can sign up we can do a, a call to see if people are a good fit. And if it's something they really want to pursue, we can go from there. But um, yeah, so the best place is probably creatorslearn.com. And like, it goes back to my ideas. Like if you're a creator, here's a place to learn something as far as a business uh, model that you can emulate and um, hopefully flourish with um, because you're going to be a victim or a creator. You figure it out. Yeah, I love it. And I will, for everybody listening, I will put um, creators learned uh, in the show notes. So everybody can go there to the show notes and be able to find Jermaine also uh, taps his, uh, his LinkedIn profile. I sent you a request right before we jumped on here. So you and I will be connected on there. Uh, but great talking to you, brother. I really enjoyed this conversation a ton. Awesome, Ty. Yeah, do it again anytime, man. Awesome. All right, thanks, man.